0: Betches Media presents
1: If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what, welcome to the club Gazpacho, Police. Oh my god What a stupid son of a bitch He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice The Betches SUP Podcast Sayonara, sucker
0: Hello, I'm Amanda Dipperman I'm Sammy Sage And I'm Elise Morales and this is the Better Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy to have this team together today. It's tough to get these three together with the schedule, but I'm always thrilled when it happens.
2: I was excited when I saw. I was Me excited.
1: <laughs> I was just pre-gaming by watching Lindsey Graham storm off in a huff during the hearings after like, Has he? a small rant. Um, he did. He finishes (laughs) rant and then he... Yes, don't (laughs) worry.
2: I put that into present tense. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was so busy writing the newsletter about his rant yesterday that I I missed that he has already stormed off (laughs) off today. I feel like he's been
1: screaming since the 90s, not 9 a.m. Like he's like just in a constant.
2: Well, he's mad still about Brett Kavanaugh. That's what I've got. He is mad about Brett Kavanaugh. Even though Brett Kavanaugh is on the Supreme Court and has been.
1: You have to wonder, like, where does such a fixation come from? What is the root of such a fixation about something that happened? I mean, I'm still making jokes about Brett Kavanaugh, but that's because we have content to fill, you (laughs) know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking watching these. I mean, that's like, whose confirmation is this? I don't have any friends that, for me, at their job would defend me Every day after day during somebody else's job interview. Yeah. I don't know anyone
1: like
2: that. After I, you already Brett have a job. about you. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, what right. are they mad about? Brett Kavanaugh is on the Supreme Court. He's making he's making the laws. And he's gonna strike down Roe just like you wanted. He's there. So he had to cry a little bit. But he's there. I just imagine
0: Brett and Amy watching this like, is this fucking playhouse?
2: <laughs> every- yeah. That's very funny, Amanda. Uh,
0: Katanji. <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm going to make a TikTok oh, you later. Yeah, really
2: that's funny. content. This is my workshop. You just heard content in the created podcast. in real time. That is how it goes <laughs> live. <down>. Live. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so...
0: We are going to talk about, we're going to talk about some confirmation hearings today. I do, I always do this in the episodes, and I'm sure the people that listen to our show as soon as it comes out are like, Amanda, we know what yesterday's episode was about. But just in case, because yesterday's was just so delightfully timed, and we had Reb Maisel, who was going to come on with us anyway, who literally 5 a.m. her time, I was like, can you also help us through the child (laughs) sex abuse images thing? And she was like, yep. And she came with just... The most perfect breakdown of why everything Josh Holly is saying is nonsense, and they were able to address this a little bit more this morning. But that is a great episode. Yesterday, we also talked about Kim and Kanye, who apparently we get daily Kim and Kanye segments <laughs> on this podcast. Whatever it takes. Well,
2: I actually I mean, finished. That's probably I finished watching was. the three part Kanye trilogy last night, oh. and it made me really sad. It just made me feel sad. What did um, you? What, what? I mean, why? What, what, what was the reason? Um, I mean, my I, mean I don't know anything, any different. so i not, yeah. <laughs> what was the reason, <laughs> What was the reason? Liz? You don't have all the answers, Slay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't feel any different than what's already been said on this podcast about his current behavior. Yeah. Like, it didn't make me feel different about his behavior towards his wife. It just, um, mm-hmm. it kind of highlighted someone who uh, I think is a sensitive soul who has, like, the ability to be good going through a mental health crisis and um, what that looks like when that person's, like, surrounded by enablers. And also, uh, Donda West was a really special mm-hmm. and, like, wonderful person. And so, like, it was really – like, I got really you sad. Sold you sold me. Okay. This yeah. is going on my content to-do list. You
1: sold me. Yeah, it's three parts. I just and I was a honestly, really big Kanye yeah. fan before, like, the stuff. So –
0: it's all troubling. It's troubling. Yeah, to and him. I think
2: that his friend who's making the documentary, uh, this guy Cootie, who's, like, been filming Kanye his entire life, like, he talks a lot about how hard it has been for him to watch this and how concerned mm-hmm. he is for Kanye right. at certain points. And, like, there's even one part towards the end where, like, when like Kanye is like really not doing well and he's like I did something I'd never done before and I stopped filming him because it just didn't feel right because he was just like this isn't this Mm -hmm. isn't right like he's manic and it's not right so I would actually recommend Mm -hmm. watching it but again it doesn't change how I feel about his what he's doing towards Kim which is not okay yeah
0: yeah but I mean it
1: does help to like I think it helps to contextualize it like the truth is like who are we to be like oh I hate this person or I love this person like What, you know, what what does it even really matter? It's more just like we are observers and it's, if he wasn't such a great artist, like let's be real, we wouldn't even be watching this. It's because he is so talented and has so much potential. Well,
0: it's clear that he is a victim of his illness largely and unfortunately there are many other victims who have to be protected, but just protect, you know, advocating to protect those people. And to, like, spare Kim the harassment is not necessarily – they're not – and and advocating for him are not mutually yeah. exclusive. So I think I want to check it out for that reason. Yeah. And, I mean, weird weird vibes that also, like, isn't the new Kardashian show mm-hmm. coming out soon, yeah, too? Yeah. Is that going to be – is that going to be, like – because I know it's streaming. Are they going to drop it all at once or is it going to be week to week? I don't know. Hulu
1: doesn't usually do all at once. Right. They did with Handmaids, though. But originally with Handmaids, they didn't do all at once. That's so right, I mean that's right. who knows? I have a feeling that they I'll be surprised if they <laughs> TBT Elisa's handmaid's tail <laughs> <around> the up
2: <laughs> where I had to just like this show fell off. I can't keep doing this. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I stopped watching.
1: <laughs> the show did go well.
3: Hey American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like, what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. (coughs)
0: So we're going to come back to confirmation hearings, what happened yesterday, what we're seeing happen today. But I wanted to start first with a very controversial political poll since we're on the topic of television. A new Ipsos survey. This is how you know. I mean, this the news isn't slow, so this joke doesn't really work. But like... An Ipso's poll has now surveyed Americans on which television shows they think most realistically convey politics. I spent my morning getting way too into this poll. Overall, Americans say they feel TV shows about politics accurately portray real life. But what's particularly interesting to me is which shows they, they think are most accurate and how this varies by age. The public overall... Feels that The West Wing is the most realistic show about we politics, wish. more so than yeah. other. You series. fucking I know. wish exactly. <laughs> if
2: it too, that it was great. Like, it was like
0: when you got to like when you got to people like in their fifties and sixties. It's like seventy-seven percent of them are
2: like, "Yeah, it's just like The West Wing." Well, yeah, it, it was, was. Oh, the the, like the president's a genius ago. who's guided only by the like correct principle. No, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That no. was the lie they I mean, were I had peddling, the, though.
1: Like when yes. the seven, when those people were in school, that was like the party line about America.
2: And well, how yeah, and, and like, and they were our school. Yeah, right. Like, yes, and true. like when The West Wing was out, it was kind of related to the Clinton administration in that, um, like, Rob Lowe was supposed to be George Stephanopoulos and stuff, but uh, President Bartlett and Bill Clinton than- are. Very far apart, yeah. I would say. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think there were like more parallels then to like the mood around mm-hmm. politics and the presidency, not necessarily the people and like yeah. the ways they acted. Um,
0: doctor Jill does have a stalker Channing vibe to me, though. That's true. Like well, yeah, in her sort does. of like being really territorial and protective of the president, yeah, and, and what, being a doctor. And being a doctor.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so
0: she's but the only would she one who
2: <laughs> secretly treat his MS. I mean, she's not that kind of doctor, but would she? Secretly <laughs> yes, treat his MS yes. and keep it from the Absolutely. public. Here's the she thing, would. like, oh my God, the secretly Fox treating News of if the that MS ever happened
1: is like, why is, was it even such a big deal? Like, Woodrow Wilson was like basically dead, and like mm-hmm. FDR couldn't walk, and everyone FDR was having a really hard, yeah,
0: like FDR people... was
1: in a wheelchair. JFK was not healthy.
0: JFK yeah, not was very healthy not at all. healthy. Yeah, so why is
1: that, in many ways. So
0: why on the flip that, side,
2: Donald Trump was the healthiest hi. person who's ever existed.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember? But it just shows that that was like a controversy in the West In West Wing, shows that people didn't really understand sort of what was really going on before. Exactly. It does It does track. The
0: other ones that ranked really highly, so this poll, confusingly to me, it separated. It asked like the general public, which was only 1,000 people. It was 1,000. Was people. it a random sample? And then- Of course, it was a randomly sampling of just a 1,000 people. (laughs) But they first asked everybody, like, what do you think of this show? And then they included people who said they weren't familiar with the show. So then when they just – I'm going to give you stats for when people said they were familiar with the show because those are the ones that matter. So West Wing, number one. Madam Secretary, which I never got into, is at number two. 70% of viewers, which I think is also maybe like an older – no, no, it's, it's on not. network. It's, oh yeah, it's on like
1: the network. Network, yeah.
0: right? Which I think is generally older skewed yes. mm-hmm. I never got into Madam Secretary. Neither. Should I let it v- listeners DM us? I don't us know. know. I, could,
1: I I didn't either. But maybe
2: I cannot speak on Madam. Secretary. I tend to
0: like what <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what boomers like. The Good Wife. I absolutely love got into. That. It was number sixty-seven. Oh, so and the Good Fight is even better. Honestly, like I hate to say it, but you don't even really miss Julianna Margulies because Christine Baranski just came. Oh wow. It.
2: Alise well, is like versing with things to say about imagine.
1: Christine Baranski. I
2: see her. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gilded Age girls. I'm a Gilded Age girl. So like just to invoke the name Christine Baranski <laughs> on this, the day after the finale, it's just a lot for me. I watched you catch your best. breath. Like, like, do I say it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I love Christine
1: Baranski. <laughs> I need to finish Guild today. <laughs>
0: no, yeah. I adore her too. She's the best. So, Good Wife. Okay, then we're getting Scandal is number four, which I also haven't watched. I oh, need Scandal to watch is that. Pretty so, good. yeah, Anne's 24, 61%. So, I think people really think these like network TV, uh, somewhat like low, gentle. Depictions are 24 are was realistic. not but a. But then when you
2: get to yeah, that's okay. I, mean, I, I was like, what is? I was like, isn't 24 <laughs> like huh? that's terrorism? Yeah, right? like yeah. a rogue, okay. like ter- or not rogue, but like a terrorist catcher.
0: What do you think? Do you think that that's yeah, a good I like? That show. Do you agree that 24 seemed real? Well, also no, none of us were We're like, how accurate no, is this? 24 <laughs>
1: did not seem real whatsoever, even at the time. But it was a great show. Um, I loved it. Okay, cool. I need to pick it back up. And then Parks and Rec. So now we only have two comedies. We're
0: getting to Parks and Rec, which are both 57% of Americans surveyed said Parks and Rec was realistic and 52% said Veep. Now, when you get to younger people, they are more likely to say Parks and Rec and Veep are more realistic, which I think makes sense to me. We are not as, um... We are not as like deluded by The West Wing. We know, like, we are the four. We saw. I mean, I had the first thought you did at least, which is four seasons total landscaping. <laughs> yeah, I was about? like, no, Veep
2: is the most realistic <laughs> like, by by miles. Four seasons total landscaping. Four seasons they total say they landscaping. They doing Veep. <laughs> I think they said part of the reason they stopped doing Veep was because they were like, it's just, it's not as funny anymore. They, because, like, the writers' room, it became difficult under the Trump administration. Yeah. I've like read interviews where they were like. There were things that we would put in that seemed like they were commentary on the time, but actually they were mm-hmm. just jokes that we wrote that we never would have thought would like actually come to pass. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. No. Uh,
0: the most upsetting part about this survey to me though, y'all, was that um the age cutoff for young people was 34. We're still young. I'm, we're still under that. I know. I'm turning 33 this so year. I, That's just real close. Like I'm almost... Like, whenever we talk about young people, I just... I can't believe that in two years, we're not going to be young people anymore. Bobby you know and what? Company
2: is turning 35. Bobby what? and Company. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bit... Uh, company is on Broadway right now. It's a Sondheim musical about... It used to be about a man who was turning 35, and everyone's at a party pressuring him to get married. Now, they've gender bent it. It's about a woman who's turning 35, and everyone's pressuring her to get married, but... That's my cutoff in my mind yeah. is that Bobby is thirty five. Yes, Because you are a Christine Baranski fan <laughs> and a musical theater person, <laughs> I I will shout it from the rooftops that Bobby is thirty
0: five. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna put some of those uh, some of those stats. I'm gonna put them on the Instagram, and I, they were very delightful to me, especially how they how they varied by age. I'm with the Youngs. It feels like Parks and Rec and Beep are definitely. I mean, I of love course. to. I watch The West Wing when I need fantasy i watched the west wing for escape like i watch real Mm
1: housewives yeah the west wing was like very much of a time it it didn't age badly in like an offensive way but it aged badly in a in like a value yes (laughs) this conversation (laughs) really brought me to quite a dark place i'm gonna we're gonna have to pivot
0: yeah. Let's pivot to back to confirmation hearings for Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. So the first day usually just includes opening statements from senators on the Judiciary Committee, also some friends and colleagues of the nominee and the nominee themselves. Democratic senators focused on the historic nature of Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination, but also many other Democrats focused purely on her record and how she exemplifies exactly what we want in our Supreme Court justices. My favorite part about yesterday was that her husband could not keep it together. Adorable.
1: That's a sign of adorable. a good, good couple. Yeah, it was just very like
0: he just could. Not, it was not just the clip where she's talking about him, but just sort of all of them. If you look at him, he just could. He just cannot the whole time. He must have been so dehydrated, <laughs> just weep, just silently weeping for nine hours as people yell and glorify. His I wife. saw
2: a tweet. Someone retweeted the video of him crying, and they were like, "New Doug Emhoff just dropped." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Also, her daughter sitting there like looking really proud and looking at her dad her cute dad crying and that moment when she was yeah. like I didn't always get my work they're both wearing purple I she, that that thing that she said about I didn't always get my work-life balance right I think was a really yeah. sweet moment that I think a lot of women and mothers mm-hmm. or just like working parents watching like probably felt yeah that was very generous mm-hmm. of her totally
0: as we said yesterday, senators use these opportunities to speak basically as like campaign ads. They're looking to get something that they can that they can clip. Ted Cruz plugged his podcast ah. and lamented the process <laughs> while refusing while referring to credible allegations of rape against Brett Kavanaugh as quote teenage dating habits, which was offensive. But perhaps, perhaps this was some spillover frustration from the weekend when he got so unruly at an airport customer service desk that a law enforcement officer was summoned to handle a frustrated passenger. Did you guys see this video? No. Yes. It's only on Reddit. I can't get permission for it. I can't share it. But it is it is Ted Cruz being a it. Karen yelling, yelling, yeah, you can read about it, yelling at this person because, like, he missed check-in, right? Yeah. He was late. And then he's furious that he can't get on. The flights are not as varied as the senator would like because it's obviously spring break, and you know people like him. We know he loves he we, he loves spring. Oh break yeah, he
1: loves to fly.
2: Man
0: <laughs>
1: cannot do an airport for shit. It's really embarrassing.
0: <laughs> Can't land an airport. Mm-mm. No.
1: Yeah. Can't land the plane. <laughs> this is just yeah. That was a little. That was just a icing on yesterday. Um, icing on yesterday. <laughs> seeing Ted Cruz just struggle like a regular American and how he just simply could not fucking handle it. Not that I do great in those situations either, but like like
0: Ted Cruz specifically. We all do our best and I would try even harder if I knew people knew who I was. If I was a senator, I would just simply...
1: I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I, and I already, I was
0: talking to Sam about this. I already have an inflated sense of self. I think people know who I am. So I'm like, Amanda, you cannot make a scene. <laughs> like,
2: well, thing, I was in one like, scene on Marvelous Miss Maisel. So people perhaps mean, that honestly, like, one, one scene in two wrong. episodes.
1: Okay. I know you <laughs> think like you're being over. You're having Isabel's
2: more- being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Isabel from the Village Voice? Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
1: sorry. Okay, sorry no I know you have a I don't do you want to apologize to me I know I don't have an over inflated sense of self no I know you don't <laughs> I know that you think like oh I'm, I might be being like overly cautious but like I actually think that people do recognize you and don't say things so you know especially if you're like in well, New York City well if I were to ever yes I assume that if I were to ever be
0: very rude to somebody and somebody filmed me because I was being I can't I do not, I cannot, unless I have no self awareness, I cannot imagine a situation where I was ever being so rude that somebody felt the need right. to videotape me without videotape, without knowing who I was. Right. But it's like somebody could be like, oh, like, well, that's Amanda who spouses progressive values and is really a big bitch. But anyway, if I were Ted Cruz, would never, would never. Also, it's like, just don't yell at the people. They have no control over it. Come on, read the news. There's no the reason. don't Ted you have Cruz. a donor who can like Read the tar- news, Ted Cruz. charter
1: you a flight or some shit i know that's like illegal but whatever. <laughs> he's like miranda Priestley. <laughs> what is what if you care you
2: know yeah
0: today's episode of american fever dream is brought to you by newly have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff i have a solution for you it's newly Moving on to our next uh, 2024 contender, Josh Hawley, as anticipated, referenced a number of cases on child sex abuse images out of context. Jackson this morning was able to address some of that this morning, as did um, Dick Durbin and, and some of the people that were introducing her said were able to counteract that Lindsey Graham, barely even mentioned Brown Jackson. He's been fuming. He's been fuming for two days. He fumed yesterday about his preferred pick, J. Michelle Childs, who serves in his state of South Carolina. There were some critiques that her record was anti-labor, and I think that's what he was referring to. That provided a really convenient narrative for him to connect this to I guess, the Kavanaugh <laughs> hearings and how Democrats are just too hard on people and don't give people fair hearings. He suggested that together they represent a now toxic process. He's on the court. The confirmation. I just
2: want to say he, again that he so was, was Amy. They're con- both they were it. both confirmed to the court. <laughs> They're He's there. right.
1: There is a toxic process. He's right about that. It's just... Um, um, to his I think it
0: was him or I think it was Ted Cruz was trying to make a suggestion that like this has all gotten out of hand back in the day you know this guy was confirmed in one day and there are actually that's true but there are a number of people who have been confirmed in a day and Ted Cruz chose the person who was an enslaver to reference <laughs> of at course. the confirmation hearing of the first black woman to likely sit on the court
1: so it's just all well, back in it's the day, um, Merrick Garland would be sitting on the court. So I don't want to yeah. go back in the day. I
0: did like something this morning where somebody clapped back when they were talking about court packing or like changing the number of seats on the court. And one of the senators was like, well, Mitch McConnell did that when he refused to seat Merrick
2: Garland. He made it oh, eight. Yeah. Liked that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice clap.
0: Yeah. Didn't, and we'll we see. we come back to
1: that.
2: Like if Biden were to ever get another appointment. On this court, mm-hmm. we'll see how they feel about changing the number of people. Exactly. Uh, w- if, in, in that potential eventuality. So,
0: yeah. Lindsey Graham was actually one of three Republican senators who voted for Jackson in an earlier federal confirmation. He was joined there by Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski. He is looking like a no vote. I'm surprised that we're not talking about Mitt Romney more as like a definite yes. He he sounded pretty reasonable about this earlier, like last week. He was like, of course, I'll give her a fair hearing. I just it just tracks with his brand that this is somewhere where you respect like you respect the precedent that was before things got so crazy, which is that, you know, this can be bipartisan. Right.
2: Yeah, Lindsay I feel Graham. like Mitt is the most likely only, potential only flip. I don't know. What Susan Murkowski? Collins. Maybe Murkowski, but I feel like didn't she already say something weird? And I feel I like they have both. I feel like her and Susan have been very much falling in line now that like the Trump era is over. Um, And their interest in being like the reasonable Republicans has diminished significantly since Donald Trump left office, I feel.
1: Well, there probably isn't really much of an advantage to them to do that. Joe, do we know about Joe Manchin? Is he is he voting on party lines, or what's what's happening? I don't think
0: there? he said much, but I I don't think he said too much. And and I think we've said on the podcast before that like I think Kamala Harris can be a vote if needed, a tie breaking vote if needed. It's just never been necessary before. Well, so I'm not really sure. I I mean I haven't seen many headlines about like oh shit, is this like gonna be close I, haven't um, I guess we'll have to watch but I also haven't seen I don't know I'm a little confused about about how to feel or if we should feel cautious I'm quite nervous
1: I think I think we just have to like wait I, I mean it, I agree like I haven't seen many like alarm bells so that's why um I'm not nervous yet but then again you never know always a reason to get nervous sometimes we're surprised yeah. Lindsey Graham is a messy bitch who lives her drama. You watch. Like, <laughs> like, like that is his approach is now what I'm realizing. Oh, like, yes.
0: that is his whole thing. This it's morning, just, he was like, what faith are you from?
1: from? Just like,
0: Well, first of all, sir. What um, do you practice? First, you ask somebody, like, are you, do you argue a member of a faith? Not just assume that she is. And she was like, I'm not going to talk about th-. what She do you said it in very polite terms. She's like, I'm not going to talk hearing. about
2: it. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought the Republicans were mad that we asked Amy Coney Barrett about her that was that was kind of his point. Yes, yeah. okay, but he was just screaming that at her,
0: and she was just <laughs> like okay, he was sure. just screaming at her, like, "Do you understand the point I am making?" And this poor woman has to like sit there knowing that, like, we were talking a couple episodes ago about how hard it just is to like sit with a neutral face during the State of the Union when like your your boss who you agree with is talking. So to have to like maintain. And obviously, she's a black woman too, so people are going to like read into her reactions differently. Even if she's like having a completely neutral, present reaction to something, I'm sure uh, Fox News is going to say that she was like reacting or being disrespectful in some sort of way. But she's just sitting there and taking it and answering the questions. I think she's she's done a good job, kind of like throwing some of them some of them back to them, being like, "No, like." like justice Cavadon and coney barrett said i will also respect uh respect president so she precedent so she definitely has a, a strategy here but we're gonna stay we'll stay a little bit on the topic of republican hypocrisy a few <laughs> weeks ago millie caitlin and i discussed a new york times op-ed by a college student who felt silenced by the woke cancel culture mentality she felt dominated the university of virginia <laughs> university of virginia charlottesville virginia <laughs> yeah. The New York Times, in my opinion, has given a platform for much worse. But this time, over the weekend, they decided to put their own editorial board's muscle behind a similar sentiment. It published a piece over the weekend titled, America Has a Free Speech Problem, which posits that, quote, the right to speak their minds and voice Americans' right to speak their minds and voice their opinions in public without fear of being shamed or shunned is now somehow in peril. If you didn't hear about this, it's probably because you're not just like hyper on Twitter. Mm I had to figure out why people on Twitter were mad. I had to like reverse engineer this Saturday. That happens but to But the a piece, <laughs> yeah, the piece faults liberals for refusing to acknowledge that cancel culture is real or has gone too far. And in the same breath, it faults Republicans for opposing cancel culture while employing the harshest censorship of all, like book bannings, like not being able to talk about race in school, all that stuff. The New York Times fears that this has left Americans confused about what they can say and where they can say it. The Times says that people should be able to put forward viewpoints, ask questions, and make mistakes, and take unpopular but good faith positions on issues that society is still working through, all without fearing cancellation. They did some internal polling. And they found that 55% of respondents said that they had held their tongue over the past year because they were concerned about retaliation or harsh criticism. That's
2: normal. I would include That's myself no- in that. <laughs> it is normal to be in a situation and be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't say that or "Oh, yes. I'm going to take into account like this other person and not say something because i, I it's just – It's crazy to me that this actually very normal thing, which is thinking before you speak, is being framed as like something new and bad. No one is going to jail for saying these, for making these mistakes. They just get maybe yelled at online. I mean, it always, whenever we talk about cancel culture, um, there is a tweet By Dylan Marin, who has the he does the podcast conversations with people who hate me. And he just has a book by the same title where he like talks. He gets Internet trolls and the people they trolled to like come together and talk. It's actually a really good show. But he tweeted this thing once that said cancel culture is an imprecise term that falsely groups together three real but separate things. Justified criticism, unnecessary pylons and mob mentality. And that to me is the be all end all definition of the cancel culture thing. I feel like he just like, I think about it every time someone's like cancel culture is real or cancel culture isn't real. I'm like, it is an imprecise term that groups together three real but separate phenomenons.
1: (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Part of the issue here is that the people's understanding of like, A, the word, the term cancel culture, which you just elucidated for us, But second is the concept of freedom of speech. Like, freedom of speech is a guarantee by the government that you can say what you want, that you can, that you have the freedom to speak. And again, there are limitations on that in terms of like the danger you cause other people. But again, we are nowhere near that. At the same time, I do wanna say that like, I do think that there is a real, a reality in which many people many Americans are afraid to say things that they think even if they're not like even if it's even if it goes beyond like uh I have to think before I speak at the same time though like that is different than freedom of speech and I think that like the uh, I think that the New York Times should not be framing that as a freedom of speech problem they should be framing that as like Americans really struggle to speak to each other in a constructive way, which is true. Like, yeah. it is true that people don't, people mm-hmm. are afraid of the consequences of, like, even discussing sort of, like, controversial things. Like, I don't think, like, you really can't deny that. Like, yeah, we, you know, we've all talked about that. Like, you maybe you don't want to say that, like, publicly, or we'll have this conversation, like, a more nuanced conversation mm-hmm. in private. And I think that, like, that is what is actually a problem like the fact that like people feel that they can't earnestly have conversations publicly because they're afraid that they may you know Mm -hmm. offend in their interpret in their talking through it or in their interpretation or in their
0: what does public mean to the people that to the new york times and to the people that are concerned. Because it's like, yes, if you say these things publicly, like if you say them on social media to an audience where you're inviting anybody, sure, you might get Twitter canceled. But like in your life, like, are you really having that many problems? Like you really feel like
1: I think what they're talking about is more than just social media. I think we okay. work in social media, so that's how we see it. But most people just work in, like, offices where they might make an off-color joke at work and then they got, like, scolded by HR for it and they're, like, 40 and they don't, they don't go on Twitter and they don't know why, like, the thing they said is offensive or, like, even potentially a slur in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like, I think those, it's like, it's like that, it's a lot of it is comes from like the colleges of like professors feeling like they can't say what they you know, they can't freely explore intellectual ideas. And like I do think that there is I don't want the cons the oftentimes conservative trolling overreaction to close people like us off to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Because even, like, I, I know that, like, I don't want to be like cancel culture isn't real because, like, I understand, yes, people have things taken away and they're still fine and they're financially okay. Then you have people like Nicole Hannah-Jones who, like, really has jobs taken away from her. So, like, it happens across the board. But I think what the fight has become is, like, the, the outline of the fight appears as it is like conservatives want to be able to say like any fucking obnoxious thing they want. And liberals want to make sure that you can't say anything or make any jokes. And like, you have to get along with, you get have to get in line with like the militant liberal point of view or else you're like, quote unquote canceled. And then it's like, but, and we think that we're just trying to like protect from like offensive ideas and like Mm -hmm. ask people to be more considerate in what they're saying. But like, Because I think these two really opposing ideas, these two really opposing narratives have come to dominate the cancel culture or not conversation, you lose that entire middle of like just regular good faith conversation that isn't happening.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. And that's what I think is the real problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, I mean, to go back to your example, like – Okay, yeah, maybe uh, that to to someone who's older and makes a says something in the office that is like no longer in the sensibility of things to say, or honestly was never really a cool thing to say. But we we actually have processes for like dealing yeah. with it now. You know, like HR exists now. Um, right. for but these things, but that doesn't change
1: that person's like knowledge or like why they said it. Like they exactly. could have genuinely said it by accident. And it's like you know.
2: And then yeah. they got reprimanded and now they know. And I f- I don't feel like like sometimes I, I like the conservative overreaction that you were talking about. It's like that person's life isn't ruined because they got yeah. in trouble with HR for a day and like they might feel embarrassed and like that sucks to feel embarrassed. But it's not, um, but, but it's not just OK. Th- from that person's perspective, it's not just like
1: it's not like you accidentally saying something wrong and feeling embarrassed and like, oh my gosh, like I miss a lot, like, like I betrayed my own values. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who are not political. They're not, like nothing in their lives was laden with politics the way things are now. And it's not just getting in trouble with HR at work. It's their like Niece being like you can't say that you know and it it starts to feel like there's a whole other language that like you aren't that you are like expected to speak in that you are unaware of and it's sort of like well when did like where was the memo about that and I think that like and I don't think that those people would necessarily be like looking to offend anyone or like trolling but I think it's more like they are they are Those are the people that, like, you can't sort of, like, get... It's harder to educate people once they've been sort of, like, quote-unquote, burned by the, by, like, consequences that they don't even understand why they're getting them,
2: you know? Yeah, I get that, but I'm also... Part of me is also, like, I don't think that this... I, I actually don't think this is as new as, like, the New York Times seems to think. I mean... Truly, if I ever need money, I'm going to pitch the New York Times an article about how I've been silenced because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they'll print and I'll print it every time. But I have multiple like, podcasts and a newsletter, but, but I, I have been like
0: silenced.
2: Sometimes well, I feel like just, because yeah, yeah. the internet, like the internet part of it, I think, is that like um, we can all see it in a different way. Like, but I feel like in the 60s, if your kid was a hippie and you were like a parent like, just a regular ass, like, normie, fucking, like, Nixon voting parent, mm-hmm. you were also getting told, like, we don't yeah. talk like that anymore at your dinner table and stuff. Like, those yeah, conversations but, were also happening.
1: Yeah, but there was not a wider internet where, like, there could be a video of you. Like, I think that th- that it's, like, the internet takes, this, it takes that conversation and makes it global and makes – there be sides to it. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if that parent was like only going to go talk to like their friend down the street and be like, my kid, blah, blah, blah. And then it, that's called like a generation war. Yeah, like that's a generation war. That's not like
0: a... That's a, Not not all of this is even politics, but it, because right. it benefits it's each political side, like there are plenty of like crusty old liberals who say inappropriate things and get annoyed yeah. when they are told oh, not yeah too. There are plenty of of people who are uh, br- people who probably vote far to the left who say the n-word out loud and should not during songs like but And maybe they, but because the political system has been like manipulated, I think mostly by the right to kind of play to those people's grievance. Yes. Suddenly it's like a political breakdown and those people feel like, oh, am I more conservative because I like to say the N word in songs? And it's like, no, but also I don't think that Democrats should have to like, that people that identify as liberal should have to let people get away with being offensive in their
1: day-to-day lives so that they don't get enticed by No, it's not about letting people get away with it. It's about the way the conversation is approached. And look, like, then you're getting into a whole other question of, like, people act a certain way online. And then it's like, okay, well, being online emboldens them. I think that back in the day, the reason this was not, like, the same level of issue in the 60s is because you could just have those conversations with the people around you. Like, it wasn't because you actually knew people face-to-face. You knew who they were. The pylon and the fear of the pylon is what drives this to become a truly big issue. And I think what the New York Times did most irresponsibly is not that they looked at this issue, it's that they called it freedom of speech, when that has a very particular constitutional definition that in no way applies here. And yeah. it's not about that. And they even said that towards the end of their article, but then I was like, well, if it's like rule
0: number one of op-ed writing is that if you're constantly qualifying something you said, take it out. Well,
1: you're the New York like, Times and you should they They're like, well, we,
0: mean- we, mean it. we don't mean freedom of speech like in Russia. We mean like, well, then don't throw it out there yeah. because that gives… Now you have the New York Times giving the right who we, who, as we said, are manipulating this justified feeling among some people that they're being piled on into convincing them that means that has anything to do with like their political. Sammy, when you say piled on, do you mean like in their life, like say you're like at a dinner party and you say something and then all your nieces pile on you? Or do you mean a person in their life, they see that the people on the internet get piled on and they might then be worried about expressing it in their casual life? Yes, they see it happening. It's not like, look. Do you think that because I- that when I hear that I would I would hate that if people I know are too scared to ask me earnest questions because of how they see responses on the no, internet. No, I don't. But we, none of us are acknowledging that that safe space actually does
1: exist. No, the safe that the only place the safe space exists is with people in your in your like certain people in your life. I don't think there's necessarily a safe space between like a boomer who's like super conservative and they're like really liberal niece that they don't have any relationship with like that is not going to go anywhere. But I think the real space for those conversations is in your own. Like, I actually think that's where the convert that's the only place the conversation can happen now is like between trusted people who like, let's say your friend makes like an off color joke. Are you going to like scold them immediately? Or are you going to like try to be like, sort of like communicate with them in the way that you communicate with your friend about like why Mm -hmm. you don't think that joke is okay and like try to help them understand why they shouldn't say it again like that's you're not but online it's just like racist you know so that's what I think is sort of like the issue here and like that's a different thing than the New York Times yeah that's totally different exactly
2: yeah Yeah, it's so... Like, the headline itself says, we have a freedom of speech problem in the United States, and it's like, no, we don't. No one... thought that was the straight-up one, No one's being arrested for their bad tweets. Some of them are, you know, getting... Yeah, like, some of them are getting piled on, maybe to a level. I do feel like... I think with Twitter um there's like a calibration issue so it's like Mm -hmm. people someone will have a bad tweet and it's like yeah this was a bad tweet and it deserved to be called out but then does it deserve to be called out to the to the 35,000th degree maybe not so I think Twitter's issue is more about like calibration but no one's being arrested like yeah but calibration Mm -hmm. but but like think about how Yes, I understand
1: it. it is calibration, but it's not just as simple as like calibration. Think about like think about like West Elm Caleb. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I think we all agree that like West Elm Caleb like that was a massive overreaction was, to a guy who's that just was a douchebag. So that yeah, yeah. that's what I'm that's what the fear it is. The New York Times one yeah, yeah, really yeah. should have called it like a we have a fear of speech problem because like if you're afraid that like you're going to get West Elm Caleb for like something you didn't even know you did. Mm-hmm, That's a mm-hmm. real legitimate fear and that stifles conversation and it like unless you're like so sure that your thought that you have a platform that you're not going to like you know you're either mm-hmm. Tucker Carlson or you're like a, you know a, a, a yeah. progressive with a platform that aligns with sort of like you know the quote unquote acceptable line of narrative at the moment, which, of course, is nuanced as well.
0: And if I have, like, if I'm someone that has, like, a genuine question about why something I do or say is offensive, but I see other people absolutely eviscerated on the internet when expressing a similar point of view, I am not going to ask anyone close to me for perspective about why. Instead, I'm probably going to sit with it and feel pretty aggrieved about it because i feel like there's not even any like safe way for me to like process it. It's like sometimes but you like, could Sammy, ask I'll it. be like, I'll ask you questions about like Russia that i know are so basic and like i feel safe with them. You're not going to be like, that's an ignorant right. question. You're just like, oh no, cuz it's like
1: this. It's better that than i just sit with it. Like Right, but well, but you should know. be able to earnestly ask
2: that. Like i literally not one time just to me, you know. One time on mm-hmm. Twitter, i Asked because I was We all have I gaps was googling. We all have crazy gaps I yeah. was googling around And I couldn't It was a, it was about the like Latinx versus Latin A Versus Latin issue mm-hmm. And yeah. I tweeted being like I don't you know Fully understand Some con- kind like, like why Latinx was chosen Over X or Y mm-hmm. and, the, and I was asking Other Latinos And I immediately got a response From <laughs> A, an aggrieved white man who was like I found the answer really easily and I'm like okay well educate yourself I'm like okay I, I did google it and I'm actually a member of this community and I had personal questions that I wanted to ask of this community to talk to them and then I was like you know what I'm never asking a question like this again and I'll just talk mm-hmm. about it personally with like my other Latino friends and family that, because that like,
1: is, exa- yeah. that is I exactly like that is, what yeah. I'm saying like like people get spooked one time and they're not, they're also, you have to realize like you're confident in your ability to have that conversation and ask the right people and know where to ask it. Most people are not living in this world. They're like off Twitter. They don't know what we're talking about half the time. Like they do not (laughs) follow the news. They do not follow the zeitgeist in this sense. And they do not have those sensitivities about what you can or can't ask. So they're just like Fuck, I can't say anything. That's how it feels to them. Whereas, like, you're like, okay, well, I had this incident and I'm still going to shut up. They're like, I don't even know what, Right. Well, I don't right, even right. know. And I'm going to just clam up because whatever. And then they go and they say that to their friends. Like, I feel like I can't say anything. Do you feel like you can say anything? And then it becomes mm-hmm. a narrative. And that's how you lose sort of, like, the exactly. middle who are just, like, earnestly wanting to maybe, look, there's a spectrum probably could could understand or want to and mean well, but it's just the stifling of the conversation is really the problem.
0: So I'm thinking we do a betcha sub activation that's basically a glory hole, but instead of DJs, <laughs> we offer <Answers>. humane breakdowns <laughs> of controver- of your of what you think are bad offensive questions. I love that idea. That's such a oh, funny beautiful, activation. Beautiful. Watch this space. Watch this space. That is, that so is our show. <laughs> that is our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman
2: I'm Sammy Sage I'm Elise Morales and this is the Betches Sup Podcast bye the Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda
1: Duberman Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby editing by Jorge Morales Pico social media by Amanda Duberman be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram
2: Twitter and TikTok and send us your emails to suppod at betches.com
3: Betches.